lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And we're happy to see all of you. I forgot. I almost said we're back. We're back from 21 hours ago. How are all of you? Greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. I am Steve Dace, and I am confused. Todd Erzin is here with me. Are you confused? No. You're good? Okay, good. Good, good, because I might might need you to take it from here. Aaron McIntyre is here as well. Our good friend Julie Kelly from American Greatness is here. She'll be joining us here shortly. For the Dace Group, let us know what you think about what we think. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Every now and then you'll see hashtag Facebook approved takes, and that's where I need to present you information that Fakebook does not want you to see, but I have learned that if I present it to you from the regime's narrative, I can post just about anything I want. So whenever you see that, that's typically why that is there, or I'm just really in a snotty mood. Hashtag Facebook approved takes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show and look for me on MeWe Parlor Gab and Getter as well. And then look for clips of the show that are free to watch. Also free of big tech censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Again, that is rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Want to put out a public service announcement, uh, if I could, please, for members of the Loudoun, Virginia School Board. Um, I, I want you guys, if you don't mind, to be sort of a test case for us. Because I've seen in my own family, both, you know, I've, I've used sweat block myself. Uh, my teenage uh, my teenage son has used it too, right? I don't sweat as much as he does anymore. He's younger. And now he's looking at me and he's like, what is wrong with you? Why am I so much hairier than you? These are conversations you wouldn't have to worry about having all daughters, Todd. Okay? I don't. Um, I have other conversations to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I have those too because I've got two of those as well. Yeah, he's got a deeper voice and more hair than me. He is a freshman in high school, and he likes to remind me. He likes to let me know about that too, so you don't have to worry about that kind of you know tug of war between you and the boy in the home. You he's, have to worry about he's that. He's stepping, isn't he? He's yeah, stepping. Yes, he yes. I'm, I'm, but I want him to step at least a oh, little bit. Oh, well, you, you gotta know? want it. Yeah, yeah. That that I want to. I want him to. You know, to be step friendly. But then there will also be a line. Do not step across, right? Okay. But if you are a member of the Loudoun County uh, Virginia School Board, I, I've I've often wondered because I've seen sweat block work. You know, if in some of the we had some horribly hot days here in August during Aaron's paternity, I was out traveling with the family outdoors most of one of those days. Used sweat block and it worked tremendously. Uh, I've often wondered though. Yeah, you know, like we like to put the clients we endorse on this show, we like to put them to the test. I mean, I'll often use the products before I even have a chance to talk to you about them. And yes, there have been times where I've gone back to salespeople and I said, yeah, I don't think that product's that good or I didn't like it, so let's not discuss it. That has happened. But I, but here's the thing with sweat block. I've seen it work within the heat and humidity of the hottest day in August in Iowa. I've seen it work for public events uh, where maybe you might get a little sweaty or those lights get hot. But I have often wondered, would sweat block hold up in hell? And since several of you look like you're bound for there, I'd like you, if you don't mind, over there at the Loudoun County uh, School Board uh, in Virginia, take advantage of this promo code now. So you've got these and you're ready to go. Uh, If you go to uh, sweatblock.com, use my last name, Dace, as your promo code, you'll get 20% off right now. Might want to stock up. 
All right. You know, it might take uh, several applications where several of you look like you're going. Okay. Uh, Sweatblock.com. Use the promo code DACE and get 20% off. For the rest of you, not bound for hell like the Loudoun County, Virginia School Board, Sweatblock, I promise you, uh, will work for you where you live just fine. All right. 20% off today. uh, And they don't just have those antiperspirant wipes. They've got their own deodorant. That's great. They've got deodorant lotions for some of those those more uh, sensitive, swampy regions, if you know what I'm talking about. All right. So try it today. 20% off anything you want at sweatblock.com. Use the promo code DACE. And with that public service announcement out of the way, it is time for the DACE group. There she is. We welcome back Julie Kelly. Let's get to our weekly look at the week that was with issue one. Speaking of hell, bleep Lord Nefarious says. The thing is, we're, we're like going so fast. Like, I feel like I'm missing. I'm missing. Do you think I want that that's to... a problem that your news network was not... lies? Well, I don't. I don't Dude. I mean, what did they say? They lied what and they said say? I was taking horse dewormer. First of all, it was prescribed to me. By a doctor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Along they with shouldn't have said a it was bunch of if, other if medications. Was, if you got a human pill, because there were people that were taking it, the veterinary medication, and I, you're not obviously, you got it from a doctor, so that it shouldn't be called that. Ivermectin can be a very effective medication. Ivermectin is a drug that is commonly used as a horse dewormer, so it is not a lie to say that the drug is used as a horse dewormer. That's correct. It, it, it is not approved for COVID, and. You're right. I mean, the FDA even put out a, a statement saying, you know, basically reminding people it was a strange sort of message from the FDA, but that said, you're not a horse, you're not a cow, stop taking this stuff. Let's be clear. Vaccination requirements should not be another issue that divides us. How long do you think it will be until it's safe for vaccinated people to once again be indoors without a mask? You know, I... It's always tough to predict that. The president wants to make fundamental change in our economy, and he feels coming out of the pandemic is exactly the time to do that. My medical leave and the rest. The uh, Build Back Better is three baskets. It's climate, which we spent some time talking about already. Health, jobs, security, and moral responsibility. Well, we know... uh, that federal law uh, overrides state law. Do you think you need to do a better job at messaging and going forward, how do you sell this if ultimately you have to Well, I think you all could do a better job of selling it, to be very frank with you, because every time I come here, I go through the list. Family medical leave, climate, uh, the, the issues that are in there. Barack Obama chose black and he's biracial. I'm like, well, congratulations to the president. That's his thing. I, I think that's fascinating consider, considering his Black dad was nowhere to be found, but his white mom and grandma raised him. But hey, Mm -hmm. you do you. (laughs) What? So that is undoubtedly a black face, whether or not she knows it. But it is most definitely not a black voice. For 37 minutes, Dave Chappelle made jokes at my expense. Tone deaf jokes like that can get us murdered. Tone deaf jokes like that call for our murder. You guys are big proponents of voting rights. Why do you still sell ice cream in Georgia? Texas abortion bans. Why are you still selling there? I don't know. 
<laughs> I love that video the second time I saw it even more than the first. All right, Julie, as the guest, and also because chivalry is not dead here, so ladies first, what was the best of the worst that Aaron highlighted this week and why? Um, I'm going to go with anything that comes out of Jen Psaki's mouth. Um, she really is such an appropriate face for this administration. She just oozes evilness. Um, obviously, she has struggles with understanding our Constitution, um, so I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Jen Psaki's clip. Not sure which one, but let's go with the one that says, "As you know, the federal government overrides states' rights." So um, that's basically how this White House views uh, the the rest of the country, states that dare to defy them. Um, but that this is a hard choice because that was that was quite a clip of of clownery that you guys put together. Well done. Unfortunately, it's. We do this every week. It looks like this. This one was pretty tame, actually. Yeah, I, I, I actually. I, when was the last time I laughed at one of these? By the end, but normally we get to the end. I am cutting myself or somebody else. That's normally what is happening here. All right, Todd, go ahead. Uh, Nancy Pelosi. It, it. Speaking of saying the quiet part out loud, uh, you well, fellas not, in our media are not doing your jobs. Yeah, but she she yes. does that quite a bit. I, she. She, well, she's 80. 80-year-old people just kind of blurt things out like that. She, 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 she promises you in her every action, she owes you nothing. She, she wants to be a queen. She hates she the is. fact that we live in a republic. We don't. Like, what? You want, we, yeah, we, we there don't. you go. Like, why, why aren't you just doing what you're told, plebs? I'm the special one. I'm... The one from the master class. I say what goes. And look at that press. I mean, my goodness. What a debased lot there that they just take it and ask for more. And yes, sister, how can we help the cause? Yas, queen. Yes. Yes. See, what did I just say? She is a queen and we're not a republic. They just sat there and said, yas, queen, as she told them to do your jobs and pip my stuff. Pip my ride, right? Yes. Nobody objected to anything there. No. They're like, yes, Queen, you're correct. Yes, that is our job. Our bad, my bust. Aaron. So I think if there's one thing that we've learned over the last uh, couple, two, three months or so, uh, it's that um, what we thought originally was a classic Biden gaffe last year wasn't actually a gaffe at all. He knew exactly what he was saying. It was uh, when he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, if you don't know if you're going to vote for me or Trump, you ain't black. That MSNBC host pillaring Sage Steele for a pretty, I don't know, um, it was a pretty mild attack on Barack Obama and and identity politics. Uh, It's a black face, but you are certainly not a black voice. We are learning one thing. If you do not walk in lockstep. If you are black and you do not walk in lockstep with the zeitgeist, Kyrie Irving, Dave Chappelle, Nicki Minaj, I could go on and on. You ain't black because blackness is not really blackness. It's it's being able to, to- be told what to do and, and be good little apparatchiks, I think is the word mm-hmm. for the state, for mm-hmm. the statists. And if you don't go that, you, you know, you ain't really black. <clears throat> I think that's the one thing that we've been learning or crystallized over the last month and a half or so. See, this is, I'm glad you brought up the Kyrie Irving example. 
because I think this is one of the more blatant ones. And we, we have seen this phenomenon for the entirety of my career. But this is one of the most blatant ones we have seen yet because it was 10 minutes ago that this guy was the, the, the chief priest of the social justice warrior NBA, right? Right. And, and I pointed this out and I had several uh, blue check marks come back at me because I'm like, Kyrie Irving might as well have his, might as well be named Donald Trump at this point because he dares to defy the regime on, mm-hmm. on the therapeutics. And I had several blue check marks come back and say, well, doesn't it work the other way around too then? Now, now a whole bunch of right-wingers who didn't like his previous social justice stances are now backing him up. And I said, no, it doesn't work the other way. Here's why. Because you base your opinions on race. We're basing our opinions on reason. We're the ones actually overlooking all the other things Kyrie Irving says on the basis of strictly just race. That are often at our own expense, by the way, in order to defend and back him here. Why? Because he's on the side of reason. That's why. You are the ones that base your your justifications on race and identity politics. So therefore, then, aren't you racist for not backing him according to your own standard? Right. So one side is basing their positions on reason. The other side is basing their position on race. One side bases their infor- bases their positions on information. The other one does so on identity. Therefore, you're not permitted this level of distinction. You're not permitted this level of critical thinking. You have abandoned it in order to make identity politics and racial identity the chief basis for your belief system. Nuance, you have vacated that space. You're not permitted exceptions. You're not permitted nuance. You have bought into this cultic mentality. Now you must choke on it. You don't get to say, I agree with Kyrie Irving here, but I don't there. So he stopped being black to you? He was elevated on the basis of his blackness before. Is he not still black? Listen, The woman in MSNBC is actually being consistent. Mm-hmm. She's the one being consistent with their belief system when she says Sage Deal is no longer black. That's actually the consistent view of their demonic worldview. She's actually carried it forth. Same thing can be said about Dave Chappelle. He was saying some of the same things yes. Kyrie Irving was saying last year. Yes. Uh, you know, surrounding George Floyd. And, and one other thing as well, on, on Kyrie Irving in particular, you remember when the M- Milwaukee bu- uh, Bucks in the bubble last year after Jacob Blake was brutally oh, they murdered? couldn't play, right? They couldn't play. Yeah. No. Did anybody describe that as, quote, selfish? Hmm. Bueller. Good point. Exit question on a scale of one to ten. With one being the odds that Lindsey Graham could convince you to take a COVID booster. And 10 being the odds that Lindsey Graham likes to be boosted. Uh, rank this week's level of total depravity, Aaron. One. Wow. Look at the look on Todd's face. <laughs> yeah. Todd. 10. Where are you at here, Julie? One to 10. Where do you think we are? I'm going to go with Todd. I'm, I'm, with, I'm at 10 with him. Yes. Yeah, she's not subjected to this on a weekly basis. Where are you? Why are you at a one? Like, I agree that it wasn't as as complete. It wasn't as drenched in sulfur as it typically is. But a one last week, we had a montage of uh, people in our nation's capital talking about how abortion is actually safer than a tonsillectomy. So I'm at a one this week. I'll okay. be back up to a ten. He's getting his Shannon Joy on. That's what's going yeah, on. Yeah, you know, though he there he, he he does have a point. I still think one is is an overreach. Okay, 
but I'd fade the one, but he does have a point there. Okay. All right, let's get to issue two. How do you explain this? You can talk about moving goalposts all you want, 15 days to slow the spread to mandated injections or lose your job, ICU capacity to zero COVID, and all the smaller goalposts movings in between. But at the end of the day, one statistic matters, gross deaths and excess mortality. That's where some recent data from the World Health Organization comes into play. According to the WHO's dashboard for the United States, there were 93% more COVID cases and 97% more deaths in the first week of October 2021 compared to last year at the same time. In addition, and quite staggeringly, as Steve points out, the case fatality rate for COVID at that time last year was 1.35%. This year, during the same week of October, 1.38%, again, with the larger caseload. Aaron mentioned the term excess mortality. It's higher in 2021 than it was in 2020. No one was vaccinated in 2020 at this point of the year. Uh, approximately 75% of American adults have received at least one dose of vaccine. 56.6% of all Americans have been fully vaccinated. At this time last year, the president of the United States was taking an experimental uh, treatment known as Regeneron or monoclonal antibodies to try to get him out of the hospital, maybe save his life from COVID. A year later, they're now rationing that treatment because it works so well and they don't want it to. So what is... How do you explain this data? How is it possible to have more cases and more deaths and a slightly worse case fatality rate with COVID now than we did last year? Julie, we want you to go first because we have already been discussing this earlier in the week. So we want our audience to hear a fresh take. You're up. I mean, it just, it doesn't make any sense. And I can't believe that was a year ago that you're talking about. It seems like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but I, all I'll say, and Steve, thank you so much for putting this data together because it's indisputable. Um, it, you know, the facts speak for themselves. But aside from that, I can say anecdotally, I know so many more people, including people who have been vaccinated, who are coming down with COVID, a lot of young people, I mean, I just heard again today of another college student coming down with COVID. Um, I know that in some regards they're back together, uh, but you know, vaccination rates on most of these college campuses, especially in the Midwest and Northeast, are close to 100%. Um, and so I can just say for myself, my family, my daughter, we traveled around for a year and a half. We went to Florida, we went out you know, west, we were on planes when no one was there, we were in airports, you know, we tried to defy every social distancing mitigation measure that we could. God bless and you. My daughter, my daughter goes back to Syracuse and all the vaccinated kids start dropping like flies and she actually gets COVID and she's unvaccinated. Luckily it was you know, a super mild case, but there's something going on here. And uh, I think that's why there's just this constant push now to vaccinate more people and now despicably trying to push vaccines on young children, kids as young as five, like the president talked about this week. Monday in our second hour, we are going to walk the audience through a deep dive on COVID vaccines and data. And and you mentioned your daughter at Syracuse, Julie. Uh, th this would have been pre-seasonality in the North, meaning that a bunch of kids at Syracuse University 
got COVID during the downtime while it was actually the Sunbelt wave that was actually going on down south at that point in time. Right. And if if you look at a lot of these northeastern states that are also the highest amongst the most vaccinated states, they're leading indicators of where they are at already with cases and hospitalizations and ICU when this week actually began season, the seasonality uh, in the north. We're just now starting those are ominous leading indicators for what the rest of the winter may look like. And I hope I'm dead wrong, because if I'm right about this, a lot, pe- a lot of people are going to die. I-, I would prefer to be sitting here and the vaccines are great and we hit herd immunity and uh, the Delta variant was on the wane and the northern seasonal wave was nowhere near what happened in the Sun Belt with these low vaccination rates. I want, I want to be sitting here in early and mid-March having that conversation. I'm just warning people, though, the leading the indicators heading into this event, as you experienced, Julie, with your own daughter, um, do not look good. But I guess we'll play the game out the next few months and find out for ourselves. Todd. Uh, well, Occam's Razor says it's obviously the vaccine. That, why? Why? Because, listen, we, first you need to understand about variants. The variance has been used by uh, the progressive cult like they use language in a lot of other ways. They, how can we make this sound the most scary or psychologically twist you? Variants, they've been acting like variants are automatically worse. Scary things. Yes. In the vaccination, it's the opposite. Yep. It's the opposite. Variants get and it weaker. originally was the opposite and with Delta at first, yeah. too. Remember. But, and also the thing about Delta, it's also not, there. it's not sequential either. There's B, there's C, there's D, whatever you want to call them. There, we know this from the flu. There's multiple variants at one time. There was always variants with this thing. And That's so, why Fauci said at first that this will hold up against variants. Yes. That's why he they, said that, yes. So to understand that it has to be the vaccine, you act, you've got to start understanding that. And that's nothing new. That Again, what Steve just said, Fauci was telling you this kind of thing Earlier, and we know how much Fauci will bend and twist. So, so, listen. I, I hate to say this, but this is not complicated at all. What I'm suggesting, it is. There's. It's really, when you apply Occam's razor to this thing, we know the vaccines are wearing off. So, at the very least, at the very least, we are in this world now where they're not going to eliminate this thing. So then, if what makes it stronger and what makes it, as Steve has pointed out st- and what I've been looking for, start to dip down into different age demographics. I, there, there's nothing about our understanding of normal epidemiology that does what is going on here. It is the vaccine. There's, there's, and we'll go into more of this on Monday when we have a lot more time, but there's two things that would cause what you are, what you think you're seeing. And there is a plenty of data to indicate you could be seeing you, that, you, that it could be happening what you think you're seeing. Okay. Two things would cause this. And, and, and they could even work symbiotically for a third option, which is a little bit of both. One would be a designer virus. One would be a designer virus bioweapon where variants where variants are are concocted and contrived so that attempts to mitigate the, uh, mitigate them actually strengthen them uh, to escape 
those attempts and become worse. That would be a form of a bioweapon. That would be one. Yes. But even if it's not a bioweapon, that exact phenomenon ha can happen within the natural world via what's called a leaky vaccine. And we'll walk you through what that looks like on Monday's program. But this is where the vaccines now deteriorate from an efficacy standpoint to the point that they create what's called antibody-dependent enhancement. And they no longer start blocking the pathogen when it enters your body. They start binding it together so that you're actually carrying higher viral loads. And then the people that are vaccinated begin to actually, uh, uh, they, they become symptom mm -hmm. super spreaders of a more virulent strain than the virus originally was. This has happened before. And it, it, it's happened as recently as 2015 and 2019 uh, in, in other vaccination attempts. If you look at something called Merrick's disease in chickens, for example, that, what we're go, we'll go into this more in depth on Monday. But, but there are two things that can happen that can, that can fulfill what you think we are seeing. And there, there is data that shows that you can make that educated guess without having a dogmatic view about vaccines one way or the other now. That's why northern seasonality, Aaron, is so important. Because, because in the, we had a control group during the Sunbelt wave with all these low-vax southern states, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now we're going to have the highest-vax states in the country that have been vaxxed for months leading up to their seasonality. And so we're going to see in real time whether the vaccines hold up against their seasonality or not. Precisely. And uh, I, I, see, I hear a lot of, of rebuttals. Rebuttals. It's not even a rebuttal. It's just kind of a gut instinct programming response. Well... Um, we were told the Delta, uh, the Delta variant was worse, and here it is. So, one, you're saying um, you're, you're saying that the, the 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 vaccine doesn't actually hold up against the Delta variant because we have m multiple c control groups with which to test that. Another thing is, well, everything is opening up again. Well, we've got Australia and Sweden as control groups yes. for that. Yep. One locked down hard, one did not. And they both had uh, COVID spread in their communities. So I think those two, those top two rebuttals, if you can even call them that, just on their face, don't don't really make sense. I think the only thing that makes sense to me, though, and it's starting to become more apparent to me, Francis Collins at the very nascent stages of the Delta variant, he said it in a way that was an expression, but might have been a Freudian slip. This is a completely different virus. I am not totally sure how we are actually testing for the Delta variant. Mm -hmm. How do we differentiate that from the original strain? So one, it could be, hey, China just, uh, I don't want to go there yet. I believe this is a designer virus. The original one was. It was designed to be most virulent. And it was designed to spread easily because they were trying to de develop a, a vaccine to combat a wide array of coronaviruses, which they have stipulated, they being the, the epidemiological community for decades, have, has, or at least years, has stipulated that this would be the cause of the next great pandemic was a coronavirus. So that combined with... Uh, um, immune systems all over the world, millions and billions of immune systems around the world targeting one specific protein. You've got a lot of things. You've got a lot of variables there in play uh, that you're just not going to be able to take, hmm. keep track of. And it's going to be, you're going to have some unforeseen things happen. So I think 
in some way, shape, or form. This is a completely different virus that we're dealing with right now. Completely different. Um, me, I've got to wrap up here, but completely different in the sense that it is it is different from what we saw before. Exit question quickly. If we are, if where we are with COVID one month from now, we're a Van Halen song. Which Van Halen song would it be? A, feels so good. Numbers will be improving. B, running with the devil. Numbers will be worse. Or C, ain't talking about love. Whatever happens, it probably still won't be good. Todd. Ain't talking about love. Julie. And I put the Van Halen in for you, by the way. Go ahead. Okay. Yes. Thank you so much. So you guys, uh, since you didn't list any songs off of 5150, which is the greatest Van Halen album, (laughs) I'm going to choose my own which is called Summer Nights, one of my favorite tracks on that album, because what's going to happen, as you said, Steve, is what happened in the summer in Florida and other places will be replicated in the Midwest and Mm. uh, Northeast. So I'm going with that. Or you also forgot Source of Infection on OU812. So you could use that, Steve, on Monday. That is an impressive answer. It's the... Shannon Joy, she doesn't answer the question, but Shannon always says, I don't know the songs you're talking about. Not only does she know, she, she sees you and raised the friggin' yes, top did. rope. That is awesome. Aaron, where you at? See. See? All right. That was that was a boss play, man. I gotta give it up. We'll come back. <laughs> More of the Dace Group here in a moment. What really happened on January 6th? We will discuss that next. Yes, they had a factory run sale on Built Bar yesterday. And yes, chocolate chip cookie dough was included. You know, I bought a couple more boxes of that. Just had one again. Built Bar is the greatest protein bar of all time. Chocolate chip cookie dough, the greatest built bar of all time. Therefore, vis-a-vis, uh, henceforth, uh, chocolate chip cookie dough built bar is the greatest protein bar of all time. But they've got so many other great flavors as well. Try them all and get 15% off your order with my last name when you do with the promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E. When you go to built.com, that's B-U-I-L-T, built.com, use the promo code DACE. If you can't get any more cookie dough right now, they have so many other great flavors. Cookies and cream is so popular. It's really good. If you're a chocolate mint guy like me, mint brownie is phenomenal. If you like almond joy, coconut almond is terrific. Cherry Barcia is very underrated. I just ordered a box of that yesterday, too. So you cannot go wrong with our friends over at Built Bar. 15% off, loaded with protein, not loaded with carbs, sugar, and calories. Everything you want, plus the taste. Built.com, B-U-I-L-T, with the promo code DACE, get 15% off. We welcome back in Julie Kelly from American Greatness. Let's get back to our weekly look at the week that was with issue three. What really happened on January 6th? Defendants involved with the events at the Capitol on January 6th are still rotting in their jail cells as we speak, waiting for some judge somewhere to publicly mock and harangue them before sentencing jail time or probation. This week, one of the bigger stories surrounding the January 6th narrative is the treatment of said political prisoners, many of whom we know have been in solitary confinement for months. This week, however, U.S. District Judge Royce Lambert held a D.C. corrections officer and jail warden in contempt of court and asked the Department of Justice to investigate whether inmates' civil rights are being abused. 
The move stems from that judge finding out that defendant Christopher Worrell had broken his wrist in May, had been recommended for surgery in June, but the jail still hadn't allowed him to get that procedure. After the judge learned last week the surgery still hadn't happened, he ordered the jail system to turn over medical notes to the U.S. Marshals Service so they could move forward with and approve the medical procedure. By Tuesday, the D.C. jail still had not done so, so the judge held the aforementioned corrections officers in contempt of court. Just a small glimpse into the misery of the January 6th political prisoners. So, Julie, we want to basically turn this segment over to you because you have been the watchman on the wall here from the very beginning. You've been the trailblazer blowing up this narrative and following your stuff. i got to tell you, sister, I don't even know how to comment on it sometimes. I get so mad reading it. I mean, this is some real Soviet Hugo Chavez political prisoner level stuff. I, 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 read, I read what they're doing. I just want to hurt people, you know, so I'm like, I probably shouldn't comment on this right now. So I, I want to hand it over to you, but I want you to let our audience know who is Stephen Robeson that you have written about today over at American Greatness. So my piece today um, picks up on this continuing thread from the Whitmer kidnapping case and how that really is revealing uh, the very strong likelihood that the FBI played a central role, especially with these so-called militia groups, on what happened on January 6th. So what was revealed in this really great investigative report in BuzzFeed, and I always want to give them credit, is that the FBI started an undercover operation called Operation Cold Snap in March of 2020. And this was intended to surveil, infiltrate these militia groups, the three percenters, the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, because they were plotting these dangerous protests against these lockdown governors, of course, with one of whom was Gretchen Whitmer. So they've infiltrated these groups. That was the ruse to do it. So in June 9th, on June 9th, 2020, as the country is trying to recover from nationwide rioting, looting, destruction, death, etc., uh, a man named Stephen Robeson held what was called the National Militia Conference. Now, who would go to this, right? I mean, it's called the National Militia Conference. But he is harassing people across the country to attend. Um, and so he holds this conference in Dublin, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus. People unbelievably show up and go. They see that there are feds all over the place taking photos of the people who are there. What they don't know at the time is Stephen Robeson himself is a Fed. He's a decades-long FBI informant. This guy's a real winner, let me tell you. He is a convicted felon several times over. He's been charged with sex with a minor, robbery, burglary, forgery. So, of course, our United States Federal Bureau of Investigations thought he would be a great guy to pay to be an informant. That's our man. So would- yes, yes. Go ahead. Why I'm not? sorry. Yes. I mean, he's not any scummier than, you know, Jim Comey or Andrew McCabe. So real recognize real. Right. Yeah. So he held this conference. So this was a way to lure these people unsuspecting people most of the time into uh, organizing protests and what he called political violence. Uh, So this was June of 2020. Now, he also remarkably, because this is what you do when you're a paid FBI informant, he started a chapter of the Wisconsin Patriot Three Percenters. So he is using this ruse of a three percenter group. Now these are groups that the FBI considers dangerous extremist right-wing militias. 
which it now appears more and more that they are just uh, a creation of our government informants and the FBI. And so uh, they lure all these people into it. They start these telegram chats or they start encrypted uh, uh, messaging chats so they can, uh, you know, have evidence against these people. They have photos. Um, and then, of course, this is all revealed a lot of it in the Whitmer kidnapping probe or, or plot, which was revealed uh, to the public on October 8th. 2020, just as early voting was underway in a critical swing state. So Gretchen Whitmer gets to have this very dramatic press conference blaming Donald Trump for these people trying to kidnap her from her vacation cottage in Michigan. Joe Biden weighs in, talks about, you know, the dog whistles and the through line from Donald Trump to these hate groups. So this is as voting is going on. So this is the FBI in 2020, again, interfering in the presidential election. But here's what's happening, you guys. Here's what was happening at the time. It wasn't just Michigan. They were spread out to other cities, Cincinnati, uh, places in Indianapolis. They actually were trying to concoct, lure another man into organizing a plot to assassinate and kill Ralph Northam, uh, the governor of Virginia. And this is what these informants and handler, excuse, and their FBI handlers were discussing, the very same people who concocted this bogus uh, kidnapping plot that was revealed, you know, a, a month before Election Day in 2020. This is really uh, dangerous behavior. And but you can really draw a line between what was happening in 2020 leading up to January 6th and just raises more questions about the, what the FBI was doing before and during the protest and how they infiltrated these groups. Now, we know because The New York Times reported that there were informants in the Proud Boys and that they were communicating with their FBI handlers on the ground that day. So what we need to know now is, was this an extension of Operation Cold Snap? How many FBI informants and agents were involved in what happened on January 6th? Also, where was Chris Ray? Cash Patel said the only top official they could not reach on January 5th and 6th as they had these ongoing communications, every top level administrative official the only one they could not reach those two days was Chris Ray. Hmm. It appears history doesn't just repeat, it rhymes. Nero always ended up being the one that started the fire he blamed others for. So let's get to the exit question in response to what we each just heard from Julie. True or false? Eventually, we will learn January 6th was specifically provoked by the swamp in order to brand a segment of Trump voters as domestic terrorists and traitors. Aaron. True. It's one of the most truth statements on this show this year. Wow. Imagine going back and telling ourselves that on January 7th. They told us they were going to do this. Some of their war games, um, the left's war games, they told us they were going to do this. Mm. Todd. True. I believe they know it now. And when the DOJ and the FBI both came out and did Biden's bidding by calling a bunch of parents at school board meetings domestic terrorists, you think the people are willing to say that, aren't willing to do everything Julie's talking about? Of course they did it. Julie? Yes, to Aaron's point, he was talking about the Transition Integrity Project, which was the war games, and it did involve this kind of protest. So, of course, I say 100% yes, people are going to be shocked in six months, 12 months from now at what happened, uh, the real story about January 6th. Wow. All right, before we get to our kicker topic, because I think we need some kind of segue before we go to something totally frivolous, 
which is our kicker topic this week. Let me tell you about our friends over at Rough Grains. It is the supplement that powder that you mix in with your pet's food. And with that one simple act, you've probably restored for your dog the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that were stripped out the minute your dog's food left the factory. Same reason they do it with the people food. Uh, for mass distribution, long shelf life. And uh, that's why we humans, we're taking so many supplements these days. Well, now there's one for your pet. All right. Now, how do you know, though, that your pet will like it? Well, a good way to find out is if we give you that first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. On us, you'll pay for the shipping. So you've got some skin in the game. We actually want you to try this, not just, you know, put it in a drawer on a shelf. Try it. See if your dog likes it. If you don't see a difference in your pet. In, in, in two weeks or less. Just go to roughgreens.com to take advantage of this offer. R-U-F-F is how it's spelled. Roughgreens.com. Get the first 14-day 14 14 jumpstart bag for free at roughgreens.com or give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. All right, let's get to our kicker topic, issue four. So the, the question is, will you watch? Uh, Netflix has announced this week it is rebooting That 70s Show as that 90s show, including the original parents, so Red is coming back, uh, but they'll now be brought back as grandparents. What show from your past would you like to see rebooted as an updated sequel? Todd, I'll go to you first. I can't, I shouldn't say this. I'd speak it into existence and then it would, but uh, uh, MASH is is one of the greatest pieces of, television hmm. of all time so like move forward to say a vietnam or 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 even well like the first iraq war or something or, like or, that or we'll call it lockdown and <laughs> this is supposed to be entertainment todd <laughs> i know i know the man who drinks well, vinegar for fun thinks a show about lockdowns hey, is a friggin' sitcom well, one okay of the greatest show of all time was about the korean war so it can be done all right there's okay. comedy in there fair fair all right Karen, I don't know. I don't really Todd know. Todd comes if, out with lockdown. If Goodness. this really fits your definition, if you meant specifically for sitcom, my wife and no, I really, any show. my wife and I really miss Live PD. That show was a lot of fun, especially during the summers when people get particularly crazy, and it's three or four hours every Friday and sometimes Saturday nights of just following cops around doing their jobs. Yeah, we called it cops when we were kids. That's what yeah, cops is coming back though. Is Did that coming back? That? Yeah. Bad yeah, boys, they bad were boys, both, what you going to do? Yeah. They were both canceled because racism last year and now it's like Live PD never existed. You can't find any full episodes online like anywhere. All right. So, you want more modern criminals to be taken down and humiliated yep. for your entertainment. Yep. I like that. What's more American than that? Indeed. Like actual American. Well, except we're soon to be the criminals True. given the conversation True. we just had. All right, Julie, what's yours? It's a tough choice. I'm going to go with the love boat. Wow. Mm. That's good. Cool. Think about it. We need that kind of schmaltzy, like cheesy American entertainment. We don't have that anymore. You know what I loved so, about you picking that is way to remind us you're actually still a chick. I mean, you do all this like ballsy coverage and hang with the guys. And then we go to her. What show would you like to see updated? And she's like, The Love Boat. I love well, that I was play. I say Knott's Landing, too. That's that would have been another chick play. Boy, now you're speaking my mom's love language. My goodness, she loved that show when I was a kid. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's get to our predictions. Is, one, one second. Is yes. 70 show what you're going to watch? Is that your selection? No. I just thought it was an interesting story. Oh, okay. You know what I would do? Here, here's what I would do. I would do Lost. And, but I would I would update it into what happened is an updated sequel 
with with um, Hugo takes over the Ben Linus position as running and overseeing mm-hmm. the island, right? So what happened between it's it's Ben, it's Hugo, and there's a third person that is involved in their crew. Oh, it's Walt. Oh yeah, yeah. Walt, Ben, and Hugo who end up overseeing the island, and so what happens now that they're in charge? That's what I would do. I mean, watching the show again with my youngest daughter, we're on the final season. I mean, it, it's just, it, the show is just, it's brilliant. It's just masterful. All right, let's get to predictions. Todd, go ahead. Well, I'm on a, uh, a sprint now until November 2nd. My prediction is that there will be a lot of domestic terrorists voting in school board elections on November 2nd. Yep. All right. From your lips to God's ears. Go ahead, Julie, go ahead. Um, just overall prediction for next Prediction week. on anything you want. Yep. Um, can I just be self-serving and say that we're going to see a lot more coming out of uh, what's happening in this D.C. jail and more emotions to get these guys out of there based on what Judge Lamberth said this week? God bless her. She came on the Steve Day show and asked, can I be self-serving? <laughs> <sighs> you got to hang around here more. We do that. I, I mean, that's 10 minutes ago and 10 minutes from now. Yes, by all means. I'd love to. All but- right, Aaron. Uh, before the end of next month, meaning uh, sometime around Thanksgiving, uh, Governor Newsom will announce that unless you're vaccinated, you cannot enter or exit his state. Can we root for that? <laughs> like, are we? can I root for whatever traps people there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think everybody ought to just get out, number one. That, that, that. Um, is an insane yeah. non-communist, but the rest of them, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I think I might be supportive of that if if we did a if the we did a Dunkirkian evacuation first, and then by all means, yes, you guys should not be allowed to leave. We we the rest of us could not agree more. Annex yourself. Yes, yes, yes. All right, here's my prediction. Both LSU and Penn State will join USC as A-list college football jobs that will come open. After the season. And Penn State will because their coach is going to USC. So I think we will have USC, Penn State, and LSU. And depending on the outcome of tomorrow's game in Minneapolis, Nebraska could be on that list as well. Because I think tomorrow is the game that determines Scott Frost's fate. All right. So that would be one heck of a coaching carousel. All of those jobs open at once. All right. Any quick thoughts on that before we get out of here? No? John Gruden, uh, maybe he can apply. <laughs> yeah, that that would be awesome. He would be awesome at USC, absolutely. Or Nebraska, even. Uh, not going to yeah. happen though. But no, then that was just she. Look at hundred percent from Julie Kelly today. I know, man. Total stud. She she nailed it. You not bet. That we doubted it, but Julie, we got to go. Good to see you as always. All right, take care. Thanks, you guys. So much fun. You Thanks. bet. Thank you. We'll come back. Feedback Friday is next. With Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Stay tuned. All right, back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Want to again thank Julie Kelly from American Greatness for joining us on the Dace Group last hour. We get to Feedback Friday here in a moment. If you want your feedback to one day on a Friday be feedbacked, feedbacked responded to. Let's just go with that. Fair. 
Yeah. Uh, just email us. I won't try to do that again. Uh, just email us, uh, Steve, at, you know, I did that whole yet, not yet thing, turn a phrase on a dime yesterday. And even you told me during the break, wow, that was really well done. Yeah. I just tried it again. Not so much. Let's see. Got to quit when you're ahead, right? Just, Need a, yeah. Don't don't go back to the well again. Need a bill bar? Not, uh, yes, but I already had one, but thank you. Uh, email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Look for me as well on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Chances are, if there's something that we have talked about regarding COVID on the program that is not linked on my Facebook page, it's probably linked over at MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. You can also uh, get clips of the show as well. Rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And for those of you that rely on the podcast as a way to tune in, we thank all of you so much. Thousands of you have left us five-star reviews, uh, have hit subscribe or follow for us. Please consider doing that if you have yet to, because those things help with the algorithms, help with us growing the show. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already. So just how much equity do you have in your home? How about we don't find out the hard way? When you become a victim of home title theft, this is where you go to access your home's equity or someone else has already accessed it without your permission. And then you find out when certain things start showing up in the mailbox, a homeowner never wants to see. How does this occur? Well, a lot of our home titles are kept online in databases these days. Cyber thieves and scammers, they're perusing these, constantly looking for what they assume to be high equity homes. Once they dig in, they get access to your home title by uh, forging your signature on what's called a quick claim deed to make it look like you've sold your home to them. And then they have taken a hold of your equity. Don't let that happen to you uh, because unfortunately neither your homeowner's insurance or your mortgage lender can protect you. But this is what our friends at Home Title Lock do, protect you from home title theft. And if you want to see if your home title has been has been tampered with or remains in the free and clear we'll give you a hundred dollar value for free today it's called a complete title history of your home a hundred dollar value for free today uh, when you go to hometitlelock.com again that is hometitlelock.com you just gave me a thumbs up i gave todd a thumbs up oh okay I wasn't I sent sure. him a text message. Okay. I wanted to make sure His I didn't miss something. contents will stay off the air. <laughs> so that means it's good. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's get to some feedback Friday. You guys ready to go? Yes. All right. I aim to stand in truth as best I can. I am with the United Airlines and given legal involvement, I'd like if this email gets mentioned my name, not specifically referenced. So it won't be. I just found out about the temporary restraining order issued against United Airlines. That is great news. But regardless of the ultimate result, I, myself, and friends I have at other airlines are prepared to fight for truth and willing to sacrifice our multi-million dollar careers. My wife and family support all of us or support me, and they're standing firm with us against the spirit of the age. We have done our best to educate ourselves. In my case, my wife is a public health PhD, but thank you greatly for you and your team's efforts to seek and speak truth about this virus and these vaccines. With everything I know and following fervent prayer, I cannot, nor will I, violate my conscience 
uh, or my catechism as a Catholic, uh, and that that which gives particular insight that quote a human being must always obey the certain judgment of his conscience. If he were deliberately to act against it, he would condemn himself. Yet it can happen that moral conscience remains in ignorance and makes erroneous judgment judgments about acts to be performed or already committed. Apparently, that's a 1790 stipulation in the Catholic Catechism. You put that in the email. Did you know this? Uh, well, not specifically, okay. but it, it doesn't surprise me. All right. He says, I'm a former 14-year Navy pilot, an Iraq war veteran, and despite no longer being on active duty, I will continue to honor my oath to support and defend the Constitution, but ultimately and primarily to do my job best in following Christ. I am just one soul, but I have friends who I have evangelized to start reading the Bible and getting more involved in the church and the community after a near 26 years stray from faith and the, and the, and the righteous path. I started coming back to God towards the end of last year around Thanksgiving. I don't know why it was on my heart tonight, but I wanted to write you guys in the hopes of providing more positive encouragement that there are fighters out there when you're up late at night and concerned. I don't know in the end if we will turn the tide in our nation, but my will is strong and our Lord continues to show me his grace by strengthening it. God bless all of you guys there at the blaze. Thank you for that note. It is very encouraging to us. And... A friend of mine sent me a text recently that he had gotten from an airline pilot friend of his. And the text said, a lot of these airline pilots are ex-military. They know what's going on. Because when they were in the military, they were trained to fight this stuff. This was, this, these were the belief systems and worldviews that they enlisted and were mobilized and were willing to, uh, to take arms up against. So they, they recognize all of these signs and they understand that they could very well be the last line of defense before this gets to us at a very granular level and that they're talking amongst themselves and are like, we'll shut the whole damn thing down if we have to. We're not doing this. We recognize what's going on. And just as we signed up in our previous enlistments to take a bullet for the average American's freedom, we're we're doing another tour of duty here. I that I don't know if that's true, but it does kind of sound like it could be, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Undeniably so. Do you off the top of your head remember that n- number 17 what uh, from the Catholic? 1790. 90, okay. I just yeah. want to make sure I follow up on it myself, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these guys are also, if you're a pilot too, you, you, you know, you're not, uh, you've likely gone through uh, officer training of some kind, if not uh, flat out uh, uh, intelligence uh, training. So I don't, uh, again, I'm just, it keeps popping into my head. What, uh, what Steve just suggested is an Occam's razor thing. I mean, that's what we are down to. I know the world, on one hand, it does seem crazier than ever before, but the crazier it gets, the more obvious the both what's going on and the remedies to it are i mean i don't you think there's just less gray area than ever yes 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 and i have gotten a lot of emails from people like this that are doing what they can to push back and i need to remember that more often frankly i i just get so frustrated when i see one teenage girl in wyoming one of the absolute reddest states in this country and I, I see one teenage girl up against an entire school district where they're putting handcuffs on her 
because she doesn't want to wear a useless Chinese face diaper. And I just see that and I'm thinking, why would we let that happen in Wyoming? Because it's, it's, it's not happening to us, we're letting it happen. And I just get so frustrated when I see this, because if you live in a place like that, you have all the power and leverage to act. We just have to act. What these airline pilots are doing, they've got the power and the leverage here. They're acting. The story you had yesterday about the, the restaurant here, uh, restaurateur mm-hmm. in the Denver Mall who thought he was going to dictate his health care policy to his employees. They got together and said, no, you're not. And now he's backed off, right? Yeah. So in a place like Wyoming, you have the numbers. If you get together, your kids won't be wearing Chinese face diapers anymore. But you got to get together. And sometimes I got to remember, not everybody's motivated by negative reinforcement. See, I am. I am motivated by being challenged. I'm, I'm motivated. I was, I was the new kid in school constantly. Nothing was ever good enough for Dave Days. I was, so I, 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 I operate best and I have to prove myself mode. I, I tend to look for straw men or villains, even if I don't have any, because on my own, I won't be motivated enough. So I, I, need, I, need, I need something to overcome or somebody to take on, okay? So I'm a little too motivated by negative reinforcement. And for that, I apologize. But for some of you men, you need a little bit more negative reinforcement. Okay? We, 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 don't, have time, we don't have a lot of time for please and thank yous right now. So when you hear from me that a lot of these airline pilots are former military and they recognize what is going on. You, you look at the conditions in the sky and you know whether it will rain or whether it will storm, but you don't know how to read the signs of the times. Brother, listen to me, please. And now, now, now it's Friday, we're heading into the weekend, people are in a good mood. Let me try this with a more positively reinforcing tone. Brother, they're never sending us an all clear, not even in Wyoming. They're never standing down voluntarily, not even in Idaho, places Democrats can't get elected, um, 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 street pimp. It's never happening. Just like God said to the Israelites, I have given you the land, but you must go and take it. You have the data, you have the information, you have the rule of law, you have the constitution, you have the numbers, but you must go and take it. You must refuse to let this go on. You have to get together. We're just sending our kids to school without masks from now on. That's it. That's it.
the dementia president or whoever's really calling the shots behind him, they're not sitting there figuring out what's lawful or not. They're just doing it. You have the law, including the highest law, on your side. Look at the power exhibited by those who act on lawlessness by just doing it. Is it not reasonable to surmise that those who just act on the actual law would have even more power, right? But we have to go and do this. It won't happen on its own. You got to do this. You were put on earth for this, my friend. My man, you're selling yourself short. This is the stuff that makes the blood pump. This is the stuff that makes life worth living. This is what makes it worth fun. This is why we were put on this planet for these sorts of things. Not to mark time and punch a clock. This is what gets you out of your midlife crisis, man. This is what stokes some of those old fires. Then you start realizing, I don't know, wife looks pretty good. What's she doing tonight? This is why we're here, guys. I'll never forget. Remember the video last summer in the Hasidic Jewish community in New York? Do you guys remember this yeah. video? Yeah. And when the fathers, did any of these guys look like they were going to be on the on, on American Ninja Warrior? They did not. No, man. Bunch of old Hasidic Jewish guys. Just show up at parks in New York City with wire cutters and pliers and just take down the chains and let their kids into the playground to play. Do you guys remember the looks on the sons' faces? Yeah. Like the unadulterated, just pride, joy. That's my pops. Guys, how long has it been since your sons have looked at you like that? Don't you want them to? Be the man you were created to be. Step in the role you were designed for. All we got to do is show up. History and history's author will take it from there. But we got to show up. These airline pilots are showing up. We got to show up. I'm sorry that the old transaction of conservative media, I do a show, you buy my books, you listen and, 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 and you support my advertisers, and then we just sit around every two, four, and six years and vote for as many Republicans as we can. Man, that was a great business model for a long time. I was on the consumer end of that business model most of my life. I was the guy listening, buying the books, voting GOP. We made so many people so much money doing that for so long. And it also allowed us to outsource this so we could still live our lives. I would, wouldn't you love to go back to those times? I would. I'd take them tomorrow. Because we also had occasions where we still came together as a culture and enjoyed things without politicizing everything down to the molecular level all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But do we live in those times now? No. No. To continue to act as if we do is going to take us in the end to the dead end road of history's fork in the road to the dead end part of it, the dark place. Those days are gone. That that sort of transactionalism between content provider doesn't work anymore. 
I've now got to, I've got to, we've got to mobilize guys. And men, we need you. Your wives need you. Your children need you. There's more meant for you here than I can't do anything to lose my, my, my schlep job that I go home and complain about most nights anyway and makes me hate life. There's more to it than that. And, don't, and I don't want to, don't send me any more notes. I'm the kid born to the 15-year-old mom. I started in a mail room. In 1996, I declared bankruptcy. It's a miracle my marriage has lasted as long as it has. I flunked out of college. <laughs> I, wa- I finally made it, then walked away from a job with a guaranteed income, not knowing that it would ever and that and that it would I'd ever end up where I am. And it took me 10 years to get here after I did that. Don't. I've been on government cheese. Don't tell me reduced lunches. When my wife and I met, I had no car. I was riding the bus back and forth downtown to work in the mailroom at Blue Cross. Don't tell me I have not, not risked anything. I risked everything to get where I'm at. That's why I'm here. I risked it all. I didn't settle. I was not afraid to fail. So I'm not asking anybody to do what I myself have not done. It won't happen on its own. But it will continue happening to us on its own unless we happen back. And that is the the nicest tone while while explaining to you the stakes, bluntly, I'm, I'm capable of mustering. That's, my, that's the best I got. I hope it was good enough. But that's the best I got. Let's go back to Feedback Friday. Andrew writes, as a person who loves your show and is vaccinated, I'm just on fire to stop the tyranny enveloping this great nation and coming for us all. How can we, who are vaccinated, stand with our unvaccinated brothers and sisters in the fight for equality and freedom? Thanks and God bless. This isn't about, you know, I, one of the things that, that we'll talk about on Monday, Andrew, is that if they, were not, if they were not attempting to mandate these things authoritatively, I don't know that we would have done any of the work on this show on these vaccines. I mean, you would have, given your pre-existing notion, you would have been still tweeting a lot of your, what, what your belief is about vaccination in general. But on the show, would we have gotten into the nitty gritty of this to the extent that we have? No, no, no is the, it's not even close. Now, and speaking for me, I also, if you, and I'm still there, if you want to do this, you go right ahead and do whatever you want to. Yes. We, 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 I'm not yet at the point of saying that, that I firmly believe the vaccines are making things worse. I suspect that is possible. But the problem, the reason I cannot definitively say it is because we had a control group during the Sunbelt wave where all these states were the lowest vaccinated states. We're now going into our next seasonality in the North. 
where all these states now are the most vaccinated states. And so, you know me, I'm going to go where the data goes. I'm, I'm, I'm dogma agnostic. I'm data dogmatic. I will just go where the data goes. So if we get through the northern, if we get through the northern wave and it's nothing, nowhere near what we saw in the Sun Belt, I'm going to have to tell you guys that don't want to get vaxxed. We have to at least admit that that was a factor in why the northern wave didn't, didn't succumb to the level of the Sun Belt wave. And so we'll have to change our arguments now about what is the safety of boosters and reoccurring injections as opposed to the argument that they're making them worse. We'll have an answer. Now, it may not turn out that way. Then we'll have another answer and another discussion. But this should be about what decision do you get to make yourself? Because these things don't stop transmission. They don't. That, that is unequivocal. Unequivocal. That's not even debatable. If you're vaccinated, these, these vaccines do not stop you from spreading the virus to other people. CDC even admits this. And they admitted it back on August 5th, two and a half friggin' months ago on national TV. So, Andrew, to answer your question, that's why there's no moral or ethical justification for mandating these things on any level whatsoever. If, you're, if you got vaccinated, you did that for yourself either for your clinical severity, given your healthcare situation, or because you felt you needed to because maybe you're around people that are, that are immunocompromised or you did it for your, uh, to provide for your family. But whatever reason you got vaccinated, it was solely out of your, your best interests. It did not serve the interest of the community at large. You're, you're, there's nothing stopping you from spreading this virus, no matter how many shots of Pfizer and Moderna you have received, period. Fact. So therefore, since you can spread it whether you're jabbed up or not, there's no justification for mandating these. None. No medical or ethical justification at all. That is something, Andrew, we should all agree on. That's the focus of our Fauci and Booster chapter. That's the focus of our pledge that is still available right now at stevedace.com. Because, because the efficacy and safety concerns of these vaccines should be totally separate from public policy. That in the way our system of government is supposed to operate, we should never have had this conversation on this show. We are being forced to have it, however, because our system of government is not working the way it is supposed to. but is working now as an authoritarian form of government than a Republican one. And that should bring all of us together, brother. I hope that answers your question. Thank you very much for it. You guys want to add anything to that at all before I move on? No, I'm good. It's excellent. Okay. Um, where to go next? Let's go to this one from Andy Johnson. A pathological liar is defined as a person who is diseased with the inability to recognize the truth or pathos in the original Greek refers to disease and where we got our word pathogen from logical comes the word logos and refers to the study of or the knowledge of something. So a pathological liar is someone who is diseased with lies and untruths. A compulsive liar is someone who has the ability to recognize the truth, but gets off on making the lie larger every time they get caught. Once their lie has been discovered, they will find the thrill of being caught so intense that they must tell a larger, grander lie in order to get that dopamine adrenaline hit that their body craves. 
A sadistic liar is someone who lies at expense at the expense of life being altered or taken and takes great pleasure in the misery and death of others. A sadist is usually classified with psychopaths and sociopaths because the only environment in emotion that they get or the only enjoyment in emotion that they get, if any, is at the expense of other people. So with all that being defined and said, and I love these definitions, are you guys okay with them? Yeah. I mean, I think they're phenomenal, Andy Johnson. All right, so then he says, with all that stipulated, how would you classify Anthony Fauci in particular and other prominent government officials that you've mentioned on your show before as being branch COVIDian cult leaders thus far? Um. Yes. That that's how I would do it. I think the here's how I would define it. Now I'll just go with Fauci specifically, then I'll let you guys go. I think he is a he is inherently a pathological liar. As you defined it. I think because this is a dynamic and ongoing sustainable process it has reduced him as or it has added to the uh, to the effect of him also being a compulsive one in order to maintain the pathological lie or lies meaning he has to keep renewing them keep fantastical um re, you know redefining them over and over and over again and then the ultimate outcome of those two actions is the sadistic aspect that you have defined so i would say he is inherently pathological situationally compulsive and the result of adding those two things together given his station and the level of calamity um, is it results in him also being sadistic because of the damage that's been done what do you think uh i would just reverse things i and i I could be wrong but pathological you need to know a little bit more about who he was going back i think it's I think it's easier to guess that he's compulsive first because if there's no moral code other than your own advancement, lying isn't a thing to you. Like, it's not bad. Like, why wouldn't you lie? And the bigger the lie, if it makes you feel better, you lie. So I think it's compulsive first. Now, and compulsion over time may snowball into pathology because, again, the, the, that definition, not being able to tell the difference, I think he can tell the difference. That's my guess. But I, I, I could be wrong. So I think it's compulsive first, possibly growing into pathological, and either way, satanic. Yeah, I, my inclination is, because I do think Fauci knows the real, the real truth. He, he knew virology and immunology. I mean, look at the New England Journal of Medicine piece back in February of 2020. Uh, or maybe it was late January. I can't remember. Late late February. He knew what was going on. He knew virology and immunology. Uh, and yet, so I, I would say principally, he is a compulsive liar. Um, and and uh, I would I would agree with Todd. The next step is pathological. But uh, the father of lies is Satan. So I would say this is all again. It, it's all sadistic. I, I do think, though, in the more practical definition of sadistic liar, there are moments where I can see in the body language of some, Fauci included, they really enjoy, they really enjoy the power that they believe they have. Mm. And that, to me, s- smacks of sadism. If you have been struggling 
with too much uh, chronic pain. Uh, this is the the stiffness, the soreness, the achiness. Usually you find it in places like your your back, your knees, your neck, your shoulders that just won't go away. I mean, it's there as soon as you get up in the morning, the first time you try to move around, etc. cetera. Uh, whenever you sit in the chair for the long time and you get up, um, chances are, unless you have a recent injury, and if so, then obviously have that professionally looked at, but chances are, if this has been lingering for a while, it's because there's too much inflammation in your body. So we suggest you, che- you check out an, an all-natural anti-inflammatory. I use this product daily, have now for going on a second year. It's called Omega XL, backed by 35 years of clinical research. It will attack the inflammation causing your chronic pain, and you want to attack that inflammation before it causes even more severe issues with your body. And if you want to try Omega XL today, you can buy one bottle, get a second one for free. When you go to Omega XL, just like it sounds, OmegaXL.com slash Steve, OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or give them a call at 800-844-4888. More Feedback Friday here in a moment. Well, it's not winter time yet. And of course, if you live to the south of us, it's grilling season all year round for you. And if you want some of the best grass-fed and grass-finished beef out there, pastured pork and pastured, I should say, pork and chicken, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and you want that direct to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of big ag. If you're looking for that, then you're looking for our friends over at Moink. You can get their meat box, known as the Moink Box, right now at moinkbox.com slash Steve. Meat from animals that are actually raised outdoors, fish that actually swim in the ocean, free of antibiotics, hormones, sugars, and all that other junk that you find in a lot of the the prepackaged meat that we get in the meat aisle at the store. Sign up right now at moinkbox.com slash Steve. Moinkbox, M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash Steve. Get a free year of ground beef. That's a pretty good offer. Free year of ground beef right now when you sign up at moinkbox.com slash Steve. And then pick the meats that you want delivered in your very first box. You can change what you get each month. Also, you can cancel at any time. All right. Join the Moink movement today. Again, moinkbox.com slash Steve. M-O-I-N-K for moinkbox.com slash Steve. All right, let's get back to some feedback Friday. This one's a little lengthy, but I think it's an interesting proposal. So pay attention, please. Any soldier, sailor, marine, airman, or coastie facing the jab, my my advice is to demand a court-martial as part of your refusal. There are three reasons why you should do this. Number one. When we join the military, we take the oath of enlistment, which demands that we uphold and defend the U.N.'s Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. I shouldn't have to explain that we have domestic enemies of the United States and the Constitution now operating within the U.S. military. If you take your oath seriously, then you reason enough to take this fight to a legal battlefield where we might be able to resolve this conflict peaceably. When I was deployed to Afghanistan, I knew there was a possibility that I would face death and never see my family again. I think as soldiers, we all have to face that possibility. I never had to contemplate the consequences of a court-martial. Can I pause here? So 
I'm getting emails from people that uh, live in Idaho that our friend Dr. Ryan Cole, who was appointed to his local board of health there in Idaho, that the state board is now coming after him. And here's how I've responded, and this may surprise some of you. Good. In fact, we should, do we not, we like clarity, right? Yes. Sure. So we didn't put Ryan Cole on this show as many times as we have because we think he's a quack and a, and a nut job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did we not just say on our show last week, what would you pay to give Peter McCullough an hour one-on-one with Anthony Fauci? How much, how much would you pay for that pay-per-view? That'd be the most important pay-per-view yes. in the history of America and no close second. This is why I was shocked that they brought Sanjay, that, that, that the spirit of the age allowed Sanjay Gupta to go on Joe Rogan show. He, it was only going to be a loss. It was only going to be a loss. It was just a matter of how much, what mood was Joe Rogan in that day? And so how much, how many, how many, how many feet did he want to, did he want to curb stop him up in the backside with? That was, it, it, there was never going to be a debate about whether it was going to be a curb stomping. It was just a matter of how many feet Joe Rogan wanted to break off in his backside. Mm-hmm. We should be, if, if you live in Idaho right now, pray, Lord, have the Idaho Board of Health come after Ryan Cole. Formally, a formal inquiry. You want that. Give us that sunlight. We want that showdown. Let's have it. We'll see you at Mount Carmel. Thank you. Or Bocadillo. Whatever, wherever that stuff happens in Idaho. I don't know. Maybe there's a Mount Carmel, Idaho. Wouldn't that be cool if it happened there? But you want, we, these are the conflicts we want. We're being denied these conflicts. And I think that's the, yeah. the, the, the gist of the, the rest of the note I'm about to share. Force the cockroaches out into the light. Man, I, I want to see Ryan Cole present this evidence in full view. They tried this with doctors. Is it Scott Jensen in Minnesota, yeah. the state legislator? They've tried it with him now, not once, but twice, and gotten their, their asses kicked both times. We want this. This gives us the platform to actually ask the questions. We want this dispute. Luther didn't nail 95 theses to the door, not wanting to have an argument or debate about them. That's why he nailed them to the door. Now, he had no idea the Pandora's box he was opening up, but he did it to provoke a debate. That's what it, why, why it was called a disputation. We want this debate. And I think that's what this gentleman is saying here. Did you want to add something to that really quick? Oh, for sure. Listen, way too many of us think about that we're just the loss and anything we can do to avoid the loss is what we will do. Right. And then we will play. It's like, in, then we play that safety game. Great point. Yeah. And here you, you must listen, Joe Rogan, for example, by this could be the thing that makes the target on his back even bigger ends up getting canceled. It could, but in that moment, the win is so obvious, which is, again, why when people, Blanche, when I say when you're talking with somebody who believes in abortion and instantly goes to the hard case, the so-called hard cases, instantly you're you, you, morally, yes, you, no exceptions, right. But you feel like you're dabbling in black magic by tactically saying in that opportunity, you avoid that moment and you refuse to say, OK, you and I are key for today. We get to solve this forevermore. I'll give you the one percent of the hard cases. You give me the other ninety nine percent. I, I don't want to give them that 1% because that's also immoral. But tactically, do you, any one of you believe that they're going to take that? And in broad daylight, they're going to admit it's all a scam. Exactly. 
Yes. All of it. You need to be better at the game. Call That's the what question. Steve is telling you. Yes, and I think you just articulated, maybe this is what I haven't articulated well enough. A lot of you, too many of you, how do I avoid losing? Yes. How do I avoid losing a job? I walked out of the, the highest rated mid-market radio station in America, the highest billing mid-market radio station in all of Clear Channel at the time, now called iHeart. I walked out not knowing, having a clue with young kids. This was 2011. My oldest, who's now an adult woman, was 10. Single income. Single income. Wife didn't work. Stayed at home, homeschooling the kids. Walked out of there not knowing where this was going to end up. Why did I do it? Not because I was trying to avoid a loss, but because I was trying to find the win. Because I thought the loss was if I wake up one day 10 years from now and, re- and the regret I will feel that I didn't take this chance, that I didn't know how f- much I, how far I could have gone, how much I could have won, how much more I could have done. Prevent defenses, man, only prevents you from winning. That doesn't mean there's never a time for prudence. And I have, I have to learn, I've had to learn that over the years. One of my radio mentors taught me the lesson that we are called to be mentors. I'm sorry, called to be martyrs, but we don't have to walk up to Caesar and say, do you mind if I fall on that sword for you? Okay. (laughs) I have a tendency to do that. Okay. So there's a time for prudence. This is not it, by the way. This is the Alamo, folks. Backs are against the wall. This isn't a time for prudence. This is a time for principled action now. And I think you just articulated maybe what I've been struggling to say. And the way that I framed it maybe has come across to some of you that I'm not sensitive or cavalier to what you may lose. Because in my mind, I'm communicating from the framework of here's how we can win. Not losing is not winning. There's only winning and losing. Mm-hmm. Not losing is not winning. No one wins. No one's done anything great in this world ever in any endeavor by playing not to lose. No one has. That's Never happened in, in, in 7,000 years of recorded human history. Nothing great has ever been done by playing not to lose. Nothing has. This is what you meant yesterday. You keep saying yet, and you keep responding by saying not yet. Yes. Yes. Well, if not yet, now, then okay. Let's finish up with this. He goes on to say, court martials are inconvenient in basic training during our training into the U.S. Military Code of Justice. We were counseled that if we were ever wrongly accused or had a commander on a power trip try to coerce us into an unjust action, that we had a right to demand a court martial. That would require a third party to oversee the dispute and we could present witnesses and evidence. That's what I was just talking about with Ryan Cole. Under the scrutiny of cool, calm, rational men, the dispute could be evaluated. Unfortunately, I had to employ this advice on occasion in my career as an Army reservist. Fortunately, every time a wayward commander was faced with the possibility of having to try to explain his logic before a tribunal, they would back off and the unjustified counseling documentation would disappear. Plus, court-martials are inconvenient for everyone. They cost money. They require JAG lawyers to get involved. As a defendant, you would have the right to call material witnesses. Witnesses like Tony Fauci, Peter Daszak, Frank Collins. Certain inconvenient emails could be subpoenaed. 
A sufficient number of these court martials might even attract some some media attention. Expose the truth. Court martials become official military records. So to conclude with my advice to current active duty soldiers, I recommend that you continue your your fight to defend the Constitution. Demand a court martial. You may lose in court. You may be dishonorably discharged. But here's one thing I know. If you don't fight, you have no chance to win. That is from Staff Sergeant Jonathan Gedge, disabled Afghanistan vet. To that end, on Monday on this show, just to show you again, I'm not asking anybody to do what I'm not willing to do. I told you last year when, when, when my state was one of the first to reopen that I think it's safe. And so that very first week, I took my family to a restaurant. Did I not? No. Yeah. When states began to reopen, right away, I went down and visited Texas before the offices of the Blaze were even reopened. Correct. Did I not do that? Yes. All Throughout the whole step of this process... Have I not tried to lead by example? Have I not, after all, if I don't believe my own data, why would I expect anybody else to believe it? Right? Right. Right. So, on Monday, we are going to launch a new battle at COVID Stan. One that we will all hopefully enlist in. One that's going to cost money. And I'm putting up the first 10% of what it will cost myself. Again, I'm not going to ask anybody to do what I'm not willing to do. Too many of you have been caught in this nexus of they won't fill my prescription. They, they tell me they, that, it, they, that they don't have to do it. I believe they've killed hundreds of thousands of people by denying them these early treatments. And these bastards need to pay. Unfortunately, making them pay will not be free. We will have to pay to make them pay. Just like, you know, outfitting the military, all those state-of-the-art weaponry. None of that's free, right? No. Heck, are the soldiers free? No. No. This won't be free either. But we have the absolute perfect client to launch at this system. A veteran, a Marine charged with protecting a president at Camp David, deployed into the hot zone in Somalia, family man, former family farmer, former political candidate, former talk show host, meaning that he knows how to make these arguments. He's made them all. He has served this country with distinction. He's run for office. He won't fumble in front of scrutiny. He knows how to debate, knows how to argue, and brother, he still looks like he could give you 20 pull-ups right now. Well, they just did this to him. After being, he was a proud man. It took a week of being on his back with COVID before he finally reached out and asked me for help. I got him with connections. I have a prescription to ivermectin in about 24 hours. None of his local pharmacies would fill it. Meanwhile, I'm getting all these emails from all of you every day telling me this is happening to you. Enough is enough. We're going to fight back. We're punching back. We're going to make some examples out of people. Some of you dweebs need to be reminded of the order of things. The law of the jungle will be reinforced. Some of you dweebs in your lab coats think because of social media, 
you can do certain things to people and and treat certain people a certain way and not have to face getting punched in the mouth for it anymore. You're about to find out you're wrong about that. And I'm going to help pay for this out of my own pocket and ask you to enlist with me because we need a case to make an example out of all these pharmacies and pharmacists and corporations doing this all over the country. So Monday, you're going to learn about this. And we're going to launch this on Monday. Why? We want the smoke. We want the discovery process. Exactly what Sergeant Gedge is saying, Gedge is saying right here. We want the openness. We want, why hasn't Joe Biden signed his executive order yet? Mandating hundred companies with 100 employees or more have to have uh, proof of vaccination or penalties. And now why are they trying to figure out how they're going to do this through the OSHA code? They're trying to avoid scrutiny. The minute he puts this on paper and itemizes it in any way, it's going to end up in a federal court in five minutes. And we do have, as much as I detest the state of the judiciary, there's still several circuits in this country friendly to us. Won't take, one, won't take long to find one that'll give us an injunction. So they're trying to avoid that. They're trying to get these corporations before they even issue the order to enforce it as if it exists. This is tyranny. And these people need the proverbial punch in the mouth that peaceably we can provide with the freedoms we have. So on Monday, we're jumping in our X-Wing and taking our shot at the Death Star. I'm going to go. I'm going to do. I'm not just an ideologue here. I never have been, by the way. I was an activist. I got a show as an activist. I've been an activist my entire career. So we're going to go and we're going to do. Excellent email, Sergeant. Thank you for your service. God bless you, brother. You guys have any final thoughts? Yeah, to all you out there in response to that, what's your excuse? That's it. Ask yourself that. Do something. Do something smart. But you have to do something. Repeat what I said yesterday. Can one person make a difference? That's not the question. You, yes, one person has to make a difference. You can make that difference. But you have to make it. Have a great weekend. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.